In this episode of the Encouraging Spy Podcast, I'm joined by talent manager, entrepreneur, and former college professor, Patrice K. Coakley. Uh, Patrice and I begin the episode by talking about her earliest memories of being introduced to music with her father holding her head up to the speaker listening to her Color Me Bad record as an early introduction to air training. Patrice shared that she dabbled and dabbled in rapping in middle school and early high school, as well as organizing talent shows. She talks about auditioning for the Detroit School of Fine Performing Arts and making it into the school, but not going because she was afraid of being a little fish in a big pond. When she got to college, she started out as a music major, but there was no music pro- business program. And after a year of music theory and air training, she knew she couldn't continue as a music major. She decided to attend college and major in business and marketing with the goal of applying her music, her business skills to the music industry. Uh, we also talk about her being widely known for her work with Matthew Knowles. She shared how much she respects him, and because of the way he approached and navigated his way through the music business and achieving massive success. Uh, we talk about how Matthew designed the successes of the members of Destiny's Child after they each went solo. Patrice shared how she got connected to Matthew by reaching out to him for advice as she began to get frustrated with the music industry. She shared that she sent a long email to him about her frustrations and he responded to her within 15 minutes and the meeting was set up to meet and speak about his girl group, Blush. They had the meeting one week later and after the call, Matthew was officially her client. She began doing work with his girl group by setting up their online brand across social media and the internet. He was so impressed with her work that she asked her to build his brand online and manage his social media accounts. She shared the story of how she was the one who posted about Beyonce's trends on his social media accounts that went out to millions of people around the world. Uh, Patrice and I speak about the process of how she goes about getting new clients and wanting to gauge her opinion to see if she uses a similar approach in prospecting. Uh, She shared that she used to have that approach but but has since changed her process because she gave so much strategy during her meetings. Uh, she knew a much better approach was to build her case studies so that they could see her value. She now charges for for her initial consultation, but for those who don't want to pay, they can take advantage of the free content that she puts on her social media platforms daily. Uh, Patrice shares about the fact that she's not a salesperson and that she doesn't believe in putting out content to ultimately sell a course or something similar. She shares that, sh- that there are many gurus on Instagram that promise all kinds of results and most of, the time, most of the time never deliver. Patrice and, Patrice and I talk about the fact that we both enjoy face-to-face, one-on-one coaching sessions with our, with our clients. Uh, talk about how coaches who build online courses and how difficult that can be. Patrice also shared that she rather create a program that, that might be only for a few people in which she can get her hands dirty in helping them achieve their goals. She shares that when she got hired to teach a multimedia course and web development course at SAE in Chicago without any prior teaching experience and that she was tasked with creating the whole course from scratch. She created the syllabus and even added an element for branding and marketing because she says you can't build a website and I have those elements intertwined all together. Uh, Patrice talks about even though she enjoys the building process of working with a new artist, like her artist Ken the Messenger, she has the aim of working with more established acts due to the fact that bills need to be paid. So having the artist with, having th- that artist with a bigger budget is definitely the most ideal. When it comes to working with clients as a consultant, uh, I talk about the fact that working with clients who have a team is few and far between. Uh, Patrice shares that the obvious truth that if a client can't afford the retainer, and there's no way they'll be able to, then there's no way they'll be able to pay for the external costs that comes with building a, success, a successful career. 
There's so much that needs to be done and it costs. Uh, Patrice and I talk about her company, The Baseline Group. She has had a company for over seven years. She knew that she knew that she loves working with, uh, loves working so much with artists, with music artists. So having a company solely focused on music is something that is most that is important to her. Uh, Patrice and I speak about having merchandise, even though we are people who work behind the scenes. But the fact that they're that we are the driving forces behind our brands, having the most visibility is the key to success. Uh, we dive into some of the misconceptions that indie creatives have when entering the marketplace. Patrice shares about clout chasing that indie creatives do when they first start out. Patrice talks about the indie creatives uh, talks about the indie creatives thinking that overnight success is real. But also the biggest misconception is that Patrice shares is the fact that indie creators think managers or publicists are, are, are magicians. What indie creators must understand is that just because they pay out some money to an industry professional, that means things are guaranteed. Patrice shares that even though she has a relationship with Matthew Knowles, doesn't mean she's just going to send out the music to him just because of their relationship. Uh, Patrice and I talk about the fact that indie creators should focus on their brand and building the foundation. They should focus on the marketing and only after the brand has been established. We talk about the fact that the fan persona and also the fact that young creatives don't even know who they are. Patrice also talks about she only likes to work within the element of authentic branding. She shares that one of the best examples of authentic branding is Beyonce. Uh, Patrice and I talk about how she's been able to help her clients lock in some awesome brand partnerships with brands like Fashion Fair. One of the major keys is securing brand partnerships for her clients is making sure that they know that they are, they know who they are and the brand alignment is in place. Patrice shares that, that you can't just pitch a brand because you like the brand. It has to make sense in regards to making sure there's reach on social media and that there's going to be a return from the brand making the investment. Uh, Patrice and I end the episode talking about the need versus want. For creatives, so many creatives need the knowledge that they prov- that we provide, but do they actually want it? So many indie creatives have to show that they need to really know what's going on in their careers from the business side. Uh, Patrice and I talk about the fact that when it comes to creating a bigger platform for our for ourselves, it's all about marketing. There's so many of industry posts that are still riding on the coattails of success they did from over 20 years ago. Uh, Patrice and I talk about the fact that the main goal for any creative should be what the main goal for any creator should be when, when opening for major acts. Patrice shares that it's all it's truly about brand, brand building awareness and making sure that they have a merchandise table as well as being able to work the room. Having the ability to give a solid performance that people remember. Patrice shares that being an educator and mentor has impacted her journey so she learned how to properly communicate in a way that creators can understand. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Encourage and Inspire podcast. This is episode number 16, and we have another great guest today, my colleague, Patrice. Make sure I say this right, Coakley. You got it. Yes. 
Yes. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I'm well. I'm well. And this is a- yeah. I appreciate you for for having me on and inviting me on to your platform. Oh, nah, like I said, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I cover all those. I cover three topics on this podcast. So, one of three. Either uh, so it's going to be the first one is usually disability awareness. You know, I have a disability, and two music business topics to help independent creatives. And the third is always going to be uh, people's stories that encourage and inspire me. You know, so yeah. uh, you check two out of those three boxes. That's what's up. <laughs> so <laughs> therefore, up. you definitely are somebody I have to, I have to get on my podcast. So I'm excited to be here. Excited for us to, to tell some truth today. Tell some truth to Hello. the independent artists who uh, really need to need to understand what they're really getting into. Right. That's what's so up for sure. cool, 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 cool. So you know, you were re- you were originally born in Detroit, right? So Detroit, you live in Chicago now, right? But yep, yep, born and born- raised in Detroit. Yeah, right, and I moved right. out to Chicago. I'm actually in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. I've been out here for going on nine years. Okay, okay, long yeah. time. So yeah, it's funny because so my artist is every keys that I manage is from Chicago, right? And I'm a Chicago Cub. My base, my favorite, favorite sport is baseball, but baseball, basketball guy. But like, how are you born in Brooklyn, New York, raised in Orlando, Florida, and you're a Chicago Cub baseball fan? Like, how that does <laughs> not make sense. And I said it makes perfect sense because right, right. as a kid in here in Orlando in the, in the late '90s, you had WGN and you had TBS. So you really only mm-hmm. had you only only had three choices. You're going to be a Braves mm-hmm. fan, a Cubs fan, or a soccer. We didn't get the Marlins up this way in Central Florida. So it's like, so for me, Sammy Sosa at the time was playing for the Cubs and was my favorite player. So I just naturally became a Cubs fan, which is that yeah. simple for me. Right, you have no choice. <laughs> right, so I was just like, I'm a cup fan, you know. Yeah, you know, so that's that's how that happens. I always tell people it's it's really, really, really simple for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. talk to me about your earliest memories of music. Like, was music around early on for you in life? And you know, yeah. I imagine it is for most of us. You know, because I always say mm-hmm. we can't really live without music. Music is a part of our the soundtrack to our lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, my earliest memory. Man, I have pictures, like one picture I share a lot and it's a part of like my bio or, you know, if anybody wanted some early pictures or whatever, I have a picture of my father, my late father holding me up as like an infant. Like I was, you know, I was all shriveled up. So I had to been like under one. I was like a newborn probably. Right. (laughs) And he was holding me up to the, to the family organ in our living room. Okay. And my mom snapped that picture. So I mean, music has always been been there. Um, I played the piano growing up. I started playing around seven. I remember my parents putting me into lessons around seven, and then I had stopped around 11 or 12, but then I picked it back up in college and the whole nine. But yeah, music from a, a instrumentation standpoint, it's been around. Um, I remember earliest memory, speaking of that, earliest memory like i don't remember being the baby at the organ but i do remember just being around the house listening to music like we all did growing up our plant our parents playing all the old school jams having a good time in the summertime and whatnot and i remember my father holding my ear 
or holding my head up to the speaker, not to like, you know, blow my eardrums out, but he really wanted me to pay attention and listen to a particular sound or voice in this song. And ironically, it was Color Me Bad. I want to sex you up. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell they was talking about. Right. <laughs> there's this little part in the song that says, I know you don't want to play that song or something like that. It's right. a real faint voice in that that says that. And he wanted me to hear it. Like, you hear that? You hear that, Trish? You hear it? And I'm like, yeah, I hear it. I hear it. So <laughs> it was like I was learning ear training from, from that. So okay. that was kind of like my earliest memory. Um, but yeah, mm. music has always been a part of my life in some way, form or fashion, though. That's interesting. You know, for me, I always tell people, entertainment industry found me. I did not find it. You know, I went to yeah. I went to high school, freshman and sophomore year, just regular high school. Then my junior my junior senior year, I was in a magnet program for hospitality tourism. And that's what mm. I thought that I was gonna pursue. Yeah. And the interesting part, so when I graduated high school, my best friend at the time uh, went to attend the local community college here in Orlando, and he had a roommate that was in a dance group. And mm. so uh, his name was Ian. So Ian would take me around to the dance group, you know, just to hang out, fellowship, with, like, hey, just come hang out with us, you know? So yeah. I started going around to the, to the, to the practices, and so... Every, so we had got a gig to play. So down here in Orlando, we have every November, we have the Florida Classic Weekend. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Florida a and and Bethune-Cookman yep. University play the football game, right? Mm-hmm. So the, that, that Saturday during the during the about late evening. But Friday night, they have the high school, black high schools, mm. Battle of the Bands come out and play yeah. That right, so it was 2004 at the old Magic Arena, not the mm-hmm. one they play at now, the old arena, and it was 18,000 people. So they Ooh. so at the end of the routine, they had a freestyle session, and so we've choreographed it to where I come out at the end of the session and I start dancing. And so mm-hmm. people ain't never seen that before, right? I wish I had video of this, I don't have it, <laughs> but um, that's really I'm like, wow, this is fun, and I knew. That's how I got bit by the entertainment bug. But I knew that, okay, I don't want to be an artist. I said, I want to go learn the business. Yeah. yeah. So I was fortunate enough to meet my mentor, Lasan, who pretty much took me under his wing, never charged me a dollar, mm-hmm. and let me come hang out with him. And this is way before I went to Full Sail. You're talking about 2005, mm-hmm. 19 years old. I just knew I was a 19-year-old kid that wanted to be in this business and fortunate enough to meet a mentor that believed enough in me. He really didn't have to. He didn't know me for a can of paint. We literally met in an Applebee's restaurant. That's how (laughs) we met each other. And we played phone tag for about a good, you know, uh, like two, three weeks before we actually ever met up. And you remember that movie Hustle and Flow? He, yep. An old yep. like house talk. So Who the first studio trick? I ever been, went into was trick? like a studio like that, right? <laughs> With an old condenser mic that wasn't even a real studio mic, right? And so that was my first kind of introduction to, you know, the music, I guess the music space, mm-hmm. you know, and so... And so I had an artist that I went to high school with, one of my friends that rapped. And that's so he was like my very first artist that I was working with. And that's kind of how I got started. But yeah, man, I, I'm thankful because I found my passion. Most people don't. Yeah. Um, at the core of the entertainment business, and but especially music, mm-hmm. it's people and relationships. And that's what I'm a master at. Yep. 
That's and it. So that so that's kind of you know that's that's kind of how I got started. You know, um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's what's up. Yeah, it took me <laughs> it took me a while to get there. Um, in in middle school, I remember. I played, in addition to playing the piano and the keyboard, I, I started to dibble and dabble in rapping. So ah, I, was, okay. I was an artist. And then okay. I would host the talent shows at the school. Like anytime there was a talent show, the teachers and the administration knew to call me to help organize it, you know, to be right. the, the student representative to help organize it. And that led into high school where I did the same thing. I was a part of uh, Planned Parenthood had a like a teen creative group and we would go to like we would put on skits okay. that promoted safe sex and and stuff like that and right. pregnancy and things like that so we would we developed a whole play i was the musical act i wrote two songs for okay. them <laughs> I would come out and spit, you know, and they be, they was like, oh my God, like I wish, I wish I had video of that. Um, but that was in high school. And then there was one point in time where I was considering, since I'm from Detroit, I was in, um, I was in a private school at the time and I was considering going to DSA, which is Detroit School of Fine and Performing Arts. And at okay. that time, it was a big deal because Aaliyah went there. Oh, okay. I auditioned. I made it in. They wanted me to sing. And I'm like, I don't sing, but I made it in. But I was like, no, I don't want to leave my school and my friends <laughs> and this, this, and this. And I'm it's it was kind of like being the big fish in a small pond. Right. Whereas there, I knew I was gonna be a little fish in a big pond. Like I right. realized that at that age. And I was like, no, I'm gonna stay here. Right. In my school. So I, I didn't go, but I did uh I did meet the requirements to get in. Um, and then from there, college, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the music business crossed my mind in high school because I do have some books from back then. And I I, I read um, just getting acclimated with it because I was really fascinated with um, uh, Bad Boy and the glitz and the glam from back then when that right. was the height of Bad Boy. Right, right. I love East Coast music. And then, you know, 50 when he came out, that was right. Thing that was my error, so I was real fascinated with the business from seeing what what Diddy was doing. So when I got to college, I was like, you know, I looked at the music business curriculum. I actually started out as a music major, okay. but they didn't have a music business curriculum like they have now. Like you mm -hmm. got Full Sail, you got SAE, and all right. these schools that have a full music business program. Right. They didn't have that. You had right. to go. You had to be a music major. You had to play an instrument or sing. Be a part exactly. of women's crowd. Take the music theory and ear training. I had one year of that, and I was like, "Hell no!" This ain't for me, right? <laughs> because said, most of us know, right? I can't do this. I couldn't do it. Like yeah. ear training, I could not pass that class to save my life. But now is a different story. My ear is matured. It's a different story now. Right, right. But um, but yeah. So I decided to go back to like to stay in schools. I switched to uh. I majored in business, majored in marketing. And I said, you know, I'm going to take what I learned here in business and marketing and apply it to the music industry later in life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I ended up doing, you know? So that was my, my little journey. Cool. Yeah. It's funny. You touched it. Cause I was just about to ask about that. So yeah. I got to recover that. So you're widely known for your, your work with Matthew knows like this yes. is, this is dope. Like not many people can say that they work with an icon like Matthew knows in the world, I respect Matthew knows because he back then, and I just interviewed uh, Kipper Jones. Mm. Uh, he wrote 
baby baby he wrote baby for brandy and uh-huh. and, and i want to be down and yeah. broken hearted a bunch of other stuff he's a great guy uh-huh. and we talked about sonia norwood and we talked yeah. about he said back then you know the reason why she was such a hard ass was because those were her kids yes and see back then you didn't have the there's so much information we have now right. you had to learn right. you, had, you had to learn this business exactly they quit their jobs yep to learn this business. now matthew knows already had some money i know it's back in, yeah he already you know he was already very successful businessman uh-huh. Uh-huh. so but but so they, they had to you at that time you had to go learn the business you yeah. there was no information out there like there was right. not like you and i are giving the way we give out our the right. free game to these uh-huh. independent artists you yeah. didn't have that back in the in the 90s yeah. Yep, and that's yeah. why I respect him, and not because I worked with him and whatnot, but I respect him on a, a professional level because his journey into the music industry was very reminiscent of mine. Okay, you know what I'm saying he wasn't born into it. You know, he had right. a corporate job. I worked corporate, like, right. hey, but still, it's corporate. Right. I wasn't as affluent as he was. I mean, you know, because I'm obviously younger. Me and yes, me yes, yes, yes. the same age. So right, right. Kind of like he learned the business on his own. Right. You know, he took his 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 uh, education and his knowledge from business and applied it to the music industry. And that's what I value because that's exactly what I did. So his how he moved about the industry was totally different than anyone else. He was already educated. And then right. on top of that, like you said, this is his child. Yeah. So, you know, he had to be a hardcore, you know, right. he had to be gangster to protect his child from right. The evils of the music <laughs> right. industry, right? You know, like whatever it took. So there's there's negative stories out there and everything. And I'm like, he was protecting his child. Now look where right. his child at now. Right. Like right. she 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 an icon at this point. And and, you, and it's funny because I've heard him also say everything that happened. We talk about um, Beyonce and then Kelly and show all that was by design how they were their yes. careers. Like, like, like Kelly was supposed to kind of go do the overseas thing, and yep. Michelle was designed to go do gospel. Like they yep. designed it that way. And then Beyonce, mm-hmm. so it's interesting how their success of their careers happened intentionally. Like, oh, like, oh this yep. was not just happenstance. Like, exactly. you know, you know, because and they've all been successful, right? They've successful all been in their own lane. ways, right? Yep, in their own way. And, in their own and you don't see that with girl groups. Nope. You don't see it with groups in general. You don't see that. Let's look at the groups, right? So we look at, let's take the boy bands. If we look at NSYNC, right? Uh, yeah. So Justin has had a very successful career, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, solo-wise. And he's really the only one That's out it. of the group yeah. that has done, has gone solo and had a great career exactly. post the group. Yep. You know, That's the other it. guys are doing great business. Lance Bass has been an influencer. He's, you know, he's created, they've created nice careers for themselves. Right. The, when right. you think about solo success. Yep. Right. Yep. Backstreet Boys. Same. None of those guys really had solo success out of mm-hmm. the group, which is why they pretty much all stayed together. Nick Carter exactly. had a little bit of success, yep, solo wise. But other than that, also it very rarely happens. You know, when you think about, think let's take some of the black groups, New Edition. Okay. Yeah. You know, B two K. Yeah. Mario, yeah. he's doing well, but the other ones they, other, right. they, they don't love hip hop. 
Right. And I, I remember, <laughs> and the reason why, like, like little Fizz was because he was smart. He made investments. That's why he was right. always able to stay afloat. And then that Raz B went to China for a while, did his thing. Yeah. And a lot of these guys, when you're in a group, especially iconic groups like that, it's really difficult to branch off and have solo careers. So right. to see Destiny's Child, um, ultimately all three of those girls who are still friends today, Yep. Right, and, and it's not, and you know, who are still, you know, care about each other today. They probably will never perform again with right. the album, but right. see those guys to see those girls make have successful careers. Beyonce is probably one of the biggest icons acts in the world right now. And believe it or not, in 2003, if you go back and look at the articles, she wasn't projected to do this. No, not at all. Ashanti initially was. They yep. said Ashanti was yep. going to be bigger than Beyonce. Yep. They put Ashanti against her, uh, Carrie Hilson, right. A. Marie. Yes. You no, know, it was a lot of girls back then, even Sierra. Yeah. You know? But yeah, like I believe her, it was one of like her second CDs, the 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 second album, the one that had um, Who Run the World, Girls, mm-hmm. that album that had mm-hmm. that song on there, mm-hmm. that one flopped. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and she had some bangers on there, mm-hmm. but it's not, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so, so it's it's so I'm, 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 what you can say about Matthew Knowles. I know a lot of people that know him as well too, and like I said, he's a little nonsense guy, but you know what he's done is been he's been very successful. Mm-hmm. You know, in an era where you needed, and I remember this wasn't the era of the DIY artist, right? Like it is now. You right. know what I mean? Like like. That was an era where you needed labels. You needed the, there was a time where you needed labels. So mm-hmm. he was very successful in how he did what he did with music world. What exactly did you do for Matthew? What exactly was your role with him? Yeah, yeah, I did quite a bit, honestly. I was a project manager, uh, a marketing strategist, digital marketing manager, consultant, the whole nine, graphic designer. So they actually brought me on board because he already had a marketing director at the time, mm-hmm. but they brought me on to fill the gap. You know, mm-hmm. I when I reached out to him, I'm going to tell this, this quick story. When I reached out to him, I wasn't even looking for a project. I wasn't looking for work. I was frustrated as hell mm-hmm. with the industry <laughs> at the you? time. Okay. I was sitting right in this spot right here at my dining table, my dining room table. <laughs> so what year is this? 2015 or 16. Okay. Yeah. I was frustrated, like super frustrated. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I think I was unemployed at the time. I'm like, <laughs> I am so tired of this mess going up and down. Right. Crazy artists. Uh, yeah. You know, so I just sat down and I started going through YouTube, just trying to get inspired because this is my passion and I want right. to get away from it. So I started, I stumbled on some of his videos and I was watching them back to back to back to back. And after watching him, I was like, let me reach out to him because we have similar, a similar journey. He's just, you know, older. So yeah. <laughs> I, I sent him this long email. I still have it. I might even print it out and, and frame it. Okay. I sent this long email, pouring my heart out. Like I have this, this, and this. I have a bachelor's. I have a master's. I've done X, Y, and Z. Right. You said in your book, sir, let him know that I did my homework. and I Right, 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 right. I said, you said in your book, DNA of Achievers, that, uh, you know, the, the DNA includes this, this, and this. I have this, this, and that. Right. So I said, what what advice could you give me, sir? Like, because right. I'm ready to give up. Right. 
So he replied back to me. And this is why I tell people it's always good to stay ready. You got to stay ready. Right. Sometimes and have your shit right. I don't know. Right. How no, you good. No, okay, you good. cool. You you know, no, be you. Be you. This good, is a podcast. Know how so I was like, yeah. I tell folks all the time, have your shit together because you never know your online platform, your LinkedIn page, have all your shit. Because when you Google yeah. me, my shit look good. So yeah. <laughs> you just never know. Right. So that's exactly what happened. Within 15 minutes of me sending this email out, I got a reply back from the man directly. Oh, wow. And said, I would will, I will love to talk to you about my, my, my singing group, Blush. I was like, oh, shit. And he said, you know, I'm going to put you in contact with my executive assistant to schedule some time. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. my God. Right. This is major. Right. right. A week later, we had that call. A huh? week later to the date. A week later and 15 minutes. It was me, him, and the marketing director at the time. Us three on the call. 15 minutes. I got off the phone and he was my client. After a 15-minute phone call. Wow. I didn't have to sell myself. I didn't say I've done this with this conversion rate and the metrics or the, the KPIs. Or the, I didn't uh, have to do none of that. Uh, 15 minutes. And we settled on a number. Cool. Let's get started. And that was it. So <laughs> I started working with him. With his, it started with his his girl group at the time, Blush. Okay. okay. They're, they're disbanded. Um, but... Yeah, it started with them, and I worked with them on their social media, getting their online platform together because their stuff was horrible. Helped right. them with the website. Me and my guy developed the website together. Um, helped them with their logo, got their logo together, their whole brand image online. We we put together, got their EPK, the whole thing. And then I was managing their social media platforms, too, in addition to them because they were real active online, but they didn't promote the music and the work as much. So that's where I came in and filled the gap. Right. So I grew their following like by 30, 25, 30% within the first three months. Um, and it just went so well. He was like, I would like to talk to you about working with my, my stuff. I was like, oh, okay. You know, so that's how I started working with him in his brand. So, nice. you know, he already, we all know who he is, but he didn't have a strong online presence it was all the negative press that he was involved with and all the negative stuff back in the day right so he wanted to clean all that up so we developed his his logo that he still uses today we designed his website he's had that redesigned by since then but i still have the the yeah uh, look that's still your work and i yeah, mean you still, still need to be able yeah, to make money from portfolio. that I still right got my right. screenshots right <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah but still use the same logo uh, we designed his website, got all that together. I got all his social media accounts situated. We got his Instagram verified. That was hard as hell, but we got yeah. it done. Um, what else? Uh, his books. I helped design his book cover. So Racism wow. in the Eyes of a Child. I got a credit on the back of that as the, the cover designer. Nice. Uh, that's the one that went viral. That was on Wendy Williams and everything. And I was like, oh, my God. My now, that's name major. Now, that's major. Yeah, I'm like, my name yeah. is at Wendy Williams. <laughs> Look at the back and see my name. Oh, my right. goodness. You right. know? So, yeah, it was that book cover and it was a couple others, too. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I managed his social media accounts as well. So anytime he went viral, that was me posting. When he announced the twins, that was a, that was a story because it was like, Mm. Oh my God! Beyonce's dad leaked the, leaked the twins before she did. Right. 
that was me posting. He told me to post it. <laughs> it was it was Father's Day. He was in the airport and just said, "Hey, Patrice, you know, uh, let's announce the twins. I want to say happy birthday to the twins." I and said, so Beyonce hadn't said nothing about it yet. I ne- I never talked to Beyonce. I don't know what conversation they had. Yeah, this is what he t- he he writing <laughs> hey. checks. So <laughs> hey, I'm doing. Hey, I'm doing what you tell me to do. Right. Hey, so I was I was in Detroit at my mom's kitchen table on Father's Day. Like I was I was off per se, and he was like, "Hey, let's put up a post saying Happy Birthday Twins," and I put it out there, and that <laughs> shit blew up. It was everywhere. I was like, "Oh my god!" So wow. It's it's to me. I look at it as little, but yet the responsibility is that I had that much control over his online presence. Oh, that's serious because you so, talk about somebody that posts that people saw all over the world. Yeah, and the trust you had level, something to do with, and he trusted you with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, you know that's major. I mean, mm-hmm. that's major. That's major true because this is not just an average person. This is somebody exactly. with a global international brand. Exactly. Who's yep. trusting? Who's yep. trusting you from a fifteen-minute phone call? From a fifteen-minute phone call, you and know, mind you, I live in Chicago. He in Houston. Right, right. We never met face to face. We did this. You know, it's interesting. And so for me, right. So when I when when anybody who wants to ever work with me, this is my process. So I want to get your opinion on it. This is my process. I give everybody a free. 45 minute call with me. I don't charge a dollar. Don't charge a buck. Right now, I'm going to pitch my service. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pitch what I do because mm-hmm. I know at the end of that call, they're going to want to work with me. Mm-hmm. I'm confident in that. Extremely confident. So I don't mind. I'm not going to, oh, you got to, and I could easily charge like you can. You could charge 300 an hour. Oh, you want to, you just want to sit down and talk to me? But mm-hmm. it's like, I'm building rapport. Like, like, yeah. like it's not gonna kill me to because I would have been spending that time doing something else anyway. So I don't true, mind talking true. on my talking about myself because I'm gonna pitch myself at the end of that call. I know you're gonna want to work with me. The question mm-hmm. is, are you willing and ready to make the investment in yourself? And see, that's I, usually I, what happens, right? I used to feel that way. I definitely have a different opinion on that. Today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I used to feel that way and starting out and all of that, I did do free consultations and I even would meet up with people here locally, Mm -hmm. but it had gotten to the point where I was sitting down. What'd you say? Oh, I can't hear you. I can't hear you at all. Nope. Nope. Now we're going again. Cool. We're back. We had a little technical difficulties. And we're this is not going to be edited, by the way. We just straight through. So that's why I said, okay. Oh, yeah, this is technical difficulties, guys. We're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, um, yeah, I have a, a difference of opinion. So it had gotten to the point where I would drive into the city, meet with folks. Mm-hmm. And in those, for one, I don't like keeping track of the time because I feel like that, like it it stifles me a little bit because when I be getting going, I get going. Right. So it seemed like when I would sit down with folks, I would be giving them a whole full, it's a full strategy session. Right. I can't just sit and talk to you just to talk. Like, you know, I have to get, I have to give you something. Like I need to give you something. So it got to the point where I was sitting down way too much with folks and they finally understood what it all took, but they were like, oh, I don't know if I want to pay for it. 
like this stuff is going to cost. Yeah, it's going to cost. Marketing, advertising, it's going to cost some money. So I had got tired of giving out strategy just for them not to implement it. My whole thing as a marketer is I sell myself based on my numbers and my accomplishments. Right. That's with any business. Before somebody spend money with you, they want to know what you've done, how you can improve their situation. If you don't have a portfolio or some sort of case study, what's the point? You're not going to get business. So it got to the point where I'm like, no, I need to build my case studies. And if I'm giving you strategy up front and you're not implementing it, it's not helping me. If anything, I just wasted my time. I wasted gas. Yeah, I could be, you know, we could say we're sitting here not doing anything else, but I look at it as I could be sitting here studying up on the industry. I could be right. sitting here taking a course that I paid for to keep my skills fresh. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I look at it, I look at it a little differently. So now I do charge for a 45 minute consultation. Okay. Now that consultation, I may slip up and give you a couple pointers here and there, but I do charge for my time because I want to see you got to do something with it. Right. If you don't want to pay, you know what I do. You see all the content I put out on. Yep. I tell folks all the time, if you don't want to pay to sit down and talk to me about your specific situation, there's YouTube, there's Instagram. I put out a shitload of content on the regular. Go have fun. That's my way of giving giving myself away for free right. my content. But if you want to sit down and talk to me, then you got to pay. That's how I, that's how I look at it. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I told I totally I totally understand. I yeah. totally, totally, totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, because this business is res it's results driven. You know, we're not we're not graphic designers. You know, we're not web designers. It's not like you pay us and we have some sort of deliverable. Our deliverable is results. Right. So I can't produce results unless you give me something to work with. Right. You Absolutely. know. So yeah, that's that's just my take on it. And then too, you know, like I said, my time is valuable. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's definitely, that's definitely, um, and I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I don't, and, and, you know, I'm not a salesperson and I, that's one thing I know I struggle with. Okay. That's one thing I know I struggle with is that I am not a salesperson. You're not going to see me try to sell you on a course, a package or this, even though I've tried. And I'm like, this doesn't even feel like me. Right. You know, and there's put other people on Instagram. That's what they're doing. Essentially. They're putting right. all this content out to sell you on something. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not me. That's never been me. I give content. I put out content just to get, you know, put it out there, you know, right. just to build awareness. I'm not looking to sell anything. So Eh, I'm not a salesperson. That's just me. You know, and I tell folks all the time, like all of these gurus we see on Instagram, they're not who they say that they are. If anything, they're good salesmen. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, they're going to sell you on whatever it is. They, they can, they can take an old beat up truck and make that bad boy look like a Mercedes just to get you to buy it. And that's what a lot of people online do. That's so not me. So, my whole approach and, and viewpoint is, is totally different than most when it comes to that stuff. No, I, I totally understand. And I've, I've been thinking about 
don't deal with the course, you know, because I mean that's how most people do it. You no, know, Rick Barker does that, and I'm and I'm big, mm-hmm. and I'm a big. Uh, I love what Rick Barker does. You know, he he does what I do. I was a bit a little bit more at scale. Like he, yeah. so for him, it's about the courses. He sells. Yeah. He he calls it like his singles, right? So yeah. Yeah. the courses are like his singles, and then if you want his album, then you go get his coaching for four thousand dollars a year, which I think is fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think yeah, I think it's a legit it's a legit business model, you know, yeah. for those that that want to do that. See, see me, I like face to face. Me too. I like, to work, I, I like I, to work with people individually. That's how I am. I like. Yeah. I think there's people that still need that. Everybody. Exactly. See, Rick is at the point of his career, and I'm gonna get Rick on this podcast. So shout out to Rick Barker. Uh, Rick is at the point of his career where he want he's he has the one to many coaching f- philosophy. Right, well, if right. You want his one-on-one time. Oh no, you're gonna pay for it. Exactly. You know, but he, exactly. your coach, you want to many all day. Right, right. right. But yeah, I rather do that still, in a classroom. Yeah, like a real classroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so some people still like I have a client in Germany, uh, who's 50 years old, 53 years old, right? And he's he's a he's a rapper, and he really wants to learn how to do the rap. And like, you know, these days age doesn't matter anymore. Right. Yeah. So you could be 50 plus years old if you know what you're doing and you know how mm-hmm. to do it. Your age, you can still build your audience. Probably he doesn't know anything about social media. Yeah. So I'm having to. And one of the reasons why he hired me versus hiring Rick Barker was because of the one on one coach. He right. told me that. Right. You know right. what I mean? He yep. told me that. And, and, and Rick understands his style is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, so there's still people that still want that need that one on one. Exactly. Coaching and that that private time of what it takes. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it's a I think there's a you know, there's a everything out here for everybody. You know, there's something out here for everybody. That's the same. Exactly. You know? And and that's why I don't try to jump in that lane because I'm like, it's already there. Like people, oh, you should do a course for what? You know, you want a course, go look at Ari or, you know, yeah. Barker. And I've thought about it. You know, Entrepreneur. Like, here's why I've thought about it. And I want to get your opinion on it. Like, I've only thought about the course. So I have, uh, so what I teach is called um, my stage my stage one artist development, the genesis of super fan building. That's what I call it, core fan building, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, can I take the first two modules of that what I would teach anyway and turn into a mini course as a front end offer. Okay. As a front end offer to to, uh, something where I can sell max 60 bucks, Mm -hmm. 60, Mm -hmm. 65 bucks. You want an hour coaching with me that, you know, my coaching is one fifty an hour. So essentially you get the course it's 200 something dollars, you know, and then obviously if you, you know, and then if you want to obviously hire me on retainer after that, we can. So I thought about it from that perspective because, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. building courses is a lot of work. It's it is. a lot of work. And, yep. I, you know, and, and you have it. to have the right setup for that too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or my, how I do my little work setup, it's, it's really not ideal for course creation. I said it can't be done because it can always be done. But mm-hmm. again, it's it's a lot of work to build courses and yeah, then have to market the course. Yep. It's a lot. You know, and I did, so I did that last year. I actually have a course that I don't really promote like that. I might yeah. just I might just throw it on YouTube. Like, here you go. Because yeah, it's, uh, I'm the type where 
me personally, I want to work with you. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I want to work with you. You know, right. so anything, the 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 most I'll do as far as a course, I might do a program and only let like five people come in, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> be a part of it. That way I can have that. I can touch them. You know, I could have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with them and touch their project versus putting out this information to many people and then doing its thing. And that, right. and that came from, you know, and this came from my experience teaching. I taught um, college courses at SAE Institute here in Chicago. Right. I taught uh, for three years. I didn't have no experience teaching and they literally hired me on the spot and said, I will have to build the, 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 uh, the syllabus and everything for this course. It was multimedia and web development. And I was like, wow, okay, I like challenges. So I went in, developed the whole course, and then I also threw in some branding, some marketing and all that, because I'm like, we can't build a website and multimedia and content without knowing your brand and how are you gonna market it. So I threw that in there. So the whole course ended up being this whole marketing course that touched on uh, multimedia and web development. And from the students, it was the best course in the program at the time. So I have that experience. So my my perspective and opinion on online courses is totally different because I've taught in a traditional sense right. at the college level. Now I'm like, I want some plaques. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want some plaques. I want I want to work with, you know, some bigger artists and bigger people so we can get some plaques on the wall. Cause that's I've what seen that. I, and I've watched, I've seen a couple of clients you have have doing some stuff, right? Cause so here's my philosophy on it, right? So I am the guy that works with artists at the ground level because I had to mm -hmm. figure out where can I make the biggest impact, right? Cause everybody who comes to this into this game wants to get to the 1%. Everybody right. does. You got to build up to it. Right. And we know that that's very highly unlikely going to happen for most. We just got to call it what it is. Right. So, but where I saw that I'm viable is, is I have the knowledge, expertise, and relationships to set you up in a position to be successful. Right. And I think there's way more people that need that. Yeah. Than trying to get people to the 1%, to the label right. deal, to all right. that stuff that's happening. Because right. the odds of you having a label deal in 2021, most times it's not even really what you want. Because the truth right. is, these labels don't know what the hell they're doing. Exactly. They, they don't. don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't. They just know that, okay, you got yourself hot. And all we're going to do is pour gasoline or whatever else you got going on. They can't even tell you. It's mm. gotten so bad that they're signing influencers now. Yeah. They're not even signing artists anymore. Just, they're signing people money. who have influence. That's that's not what this was about. This is about music, selling music records. And right. now you're signing people who are just influencers and right. trying to turn them into artists thinking that they're going to have long careers. Exactly. I'm not interested in working with people like that. Right, exactly. I want to work it only with happens in like you said, one percent of that, you know. Yes. Like, yeah, I don't with my services, I don't tar target them. They actually come to me based right. <laughs> based on based on my content online. Like my one artist now that I'm working with, Mia Martina. Yeah. She is um, you know, we just got her billboard. She just got her billboard in, in Times Square yesterday. Nice. That's that's been a big deal. We was able to make that happen. She reached out to me on Instagram. Right. 
Like I didn't, I didn't even know who she was. Right. He said, "Yes, yeah, so, hi, Patrice. I'm a a multi platinum international recording artist, and I've been following you for such and such. I learned of you through J- Dre London." And I'm like, "Hold on, what? <laughs> Wait a minute." <laughs> so I feel like for me, I'm I'm with you on working with artists from the ground up. My one artist, Ken the Messenger. I worked with him from the ground up. He was one of my students. Right. Like he was a baby and like he probably trip out when I say that, but he was a baby. He was like 16, 17 when I first met him. He's like 24 now. And he, he had one song out. Okay. And I remember him showing me the artwork in class and I'm like, Oh, this is dope. And I just kept my eye on him. But once he left the school, he reached out to me and said, Patrice, I need you. To, I, you got to work with me. I ain't taking no for an answer. Da, da, da. But so even with him, I'm all over him. Like Ken is my product. Right. <laughs> like he he that's his name and his style and everything, but when it comes to a branding and marketing standpoint, he is my product. And he's somebody that I built from literally the ground up. And I enjoy that. I totally enjoy that. However, at the same time, you know, let's be honest, we grown. We grown. Yeah. We yeah. have bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what I do and I want to do it full time. So the only way to do that is if you work with higher artists, like, it's, you know, artists at a higher level. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Oh, you're so, exactly right, which is why yeah. it just reached. So I managed two artists and I meant, so I'm the thing. I managed two. I mentor one. I basically managed her too, but we just call it mentor. And so those are like family. The artist management to me is like family. It's the only yeah. way it works. Yep. Right. Everybody else, I do consultant work for. They gotta pay. Same me. here. So I, that's why I don't call my, my management art. You're not my artist. You're my you're not my clients. You're my artist. It's a difference. Yeah. The difference between being my artist and but my <laughs> client. It's two I, different things. I was on another podcast and we had a conversation <laughs> about that. Calling artist your artist. It yeah. sounds possessive. It doesn't, right? <laughs> it does a little bit, but you know, <laughs> it actually does, right? It's possessive. I, I'll say client, but I know a lot of people say my artist. I even slip up and say it sometimes. I just had to throw that in there because we talked about it. No, I talked it's true. Because for me, because I've always just seen like, okay, if I'm involved in your day-to-day, obviously the artist you manage, you're involved in their day-to-day. You know what's yep. going on, yep. right? Because you got to there's also, because there's also management situations where you sign to a bigger firm, like a rock nation, mm-hmm. they don't do the day-to-day. No. They have somebody else that would they do the day-to-day. The they call you with the yeah. big shit. Yep. When you need the when they have the big corporate shit going on, the big sponsor deals and everything like that going on, yeah. that's when they get involved. But somebody else is still doing the day-to-day. Right. Right. You know what I mean? The Nick Cannon when he's managing an artist or Scooter Braun or so right. these guys don't have time to do yeah, they're not on location no more. Yeah, they're, they're kind of past that. They just don't have the time right. to do that. So, yes, I feel you. So, when you're doing a day to day, it's a lot of work to do the day to day. Really, one artist could take up all your time. It one is. Artist yeah, could I take could, up I, all. Yes, for sure. I'm yeah. not at that level yet, but I can totally get see that. You know, yeah. um, especially with 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 Ken, um, it's a lot. We just got we got some grant money. I got to fill out. We talking about like all these pages of paper. <laughs> You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, grant stuff that I'm reading through, filling out, and gonna have him sign it. Like here, sign this. You know, <laughs> right, right. so it's it is a lot of work. That's why I am so selective with who I work with on that level. Right, you have to be. You know? No, you have to be. Yeah. You have you have to really believe. Right, you have to really 
there's a belief factor. I always say hell. Everybody wants to marry wants me to marry too. I say hell no. First thing I right. say, hell right. no, I'm not doing I don't it. even know you. How can yeah. I like and they always, <laughs> and don't you always get this? Oh man, we're gonna make so much money together. We're gonna make so much money together. Yeah. I'm I'm like, no, we're not. So right. you know, you wanna work with me, hire me. My most exactly. recent client, I told I told you this on, on our DM and Instagram. Um, who he saw me speak in Clubhouse. He saw the value I brought to the table. Did my presentation. Oh, this is your what your retaining costs? Yeah. Oh, okay, no problem. We put it in my yep. account. Yep. All right, now we get to work. Now I get to go do what I do. Now we start exactly. putting all the pieces together. Right? Exactly. And, and, and Patrice, he came with a team. There you go. He comes with a team. He got a team. He just needed a quarterback. Already. That's it. <laughs> that never happens. Yep. That That's how it's done. never happens with independent artists. Mm -hmm. They don't have a team. They don't have no money. We got a nickel and dime everything. Yep. You know, when you tell them it's 400 a month for my retainer cost, they which is fair. Out. That's a one caller. We get a hundred bucks an hour, yep. which I loaded already. I took already, I took already took 50 bucks off because, mm -hmm. you know, you hired me on retainer, right? I can't go lower than that. Right. It's just not fair. It used to be 250 a month. But here's the thing. If they can't pay that, they're not going to be able to pay the other stuff that is involved. Exactly. In business. Exactly. You have photo shoots. You have yeah. marketing costs. You got social media ads, digital marketing, like even the billboard costs, like all this stuff costs. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not free. So it's like, if you can't pay my retainer, then you can't pay for none of this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what we doing? Exactly. <laughs> and you're not hitting nobody up and you're not hitting nobody over the head. I don't right. know. What, I mean, I'm not going to ask what your prices are. You know, you don't have to disclose that, but just know, I know your value. So I know it's when, when you take, I'm sure when you take on a client like you have, it's like, no, they got to be willing to pay that. Because again, you need to, yeah. you need to, they need to be able to pay that so you can take care of yourself. Exactly. Focus so on I can what take they care got. of them. Yeah, exactly. So I can take care of them. And you, you know, save in time. Right. Right. And I'm sure it'll get to a point to where, They'll have so much going on. I might have to hire help. Yeah. So who's going to pay for that? Right. <laughs> you know, so right. it's like all of this stuff costs. And that's why I'm like, I don't, I can't lower my rate and all of that. Because otherwise, for one, I'm going to feel salty about it. Yeah. I'm going to feel angry. Like, you know, like right. just I'm just doing stuff just for, for nothing. You right. know, right. Because it's a lot of work. Like it is. A lot of people see videos, they see the social media stuff, but there's a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes. You get a grant, there's a whole bunch of paperwork you got to fill out. Exactly. Even for a music video, there's a lot of stuff you got to do for the music video, coordinating it, right? rehearsals, even performances, rehearsals, getting the band together, the whole nine, photo shoots, what we going to wear? Okay, what we going to use these photos for? Let's have a meeting with the photographer. Make sure they get the right look. There's a lot of stuff involved. And then we haven't even touched the music. Oh, my gosh. We haven't touched <laughs> the work that needs to be involved with the music outside of the studio. Because yeah. all they know is the studio. But and I'm they, like, all right, we have to register the music. We got to code the music with the metadata. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. when I say register the music, for those that may be listening, you got to register with the PRO. You got a uh, performance rights organizations. You got to register it with the mechanical rights organizations. There's a whole bunch of organizations out there that you have to register this music with. And even if you're seeking radio play, there's Media Base and, and Nielsen that you got to register the song with, too. Right. So it's like, come on now. It's a lot going on. And it's just more than what people see at the surface level. So, yeah, a manager is a lot. It's a lot of work. Right. It's 
full-time job. Not to mention being a part of organizations because we still have to network and build relationships that we can leverage for our artists. So that means, you know, being a part of certain organizations and paying those annual dues. Right. I know one organization, they charge a thousand dollars for the year. Right. So it's like all this stuff costs and they, and if they can't pay a retainer, ain't much can be done. Absolutely. I totally understand. I totally understand. Um, It's what it is. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cost involved in that. You know, I was going to, ask you about you know um how you i mean i guess kind of touches the stuff you do with the baseline group so i mean a lot of that is you know you you're, you're the talent manager the chief strategist lead consultant and, and with the baseline group like when did you start ba- the baseline group i started the baseline group a little over seven years ago so 2014 okay. um i've always worked with artists uh even back when like since 2008, I've worked with artists on and off, but it wasn't until 2014 where I decided that I need to work with solely artists because I enjoyed working in the music industry or just the creative industry in general. And um, yeah, I started the company then. And um, yeah, we've been rocking and rolling ever since. Awesome. Awesome. I love, and I love what, I love what you do with your brand. How you branded that as well too, with the merch and everything like that. And I always say, look, as entrepreneurs, we should have merch too. We should have. Oh. I have a merch store. You should have. We should look. Why should? Why can't we have merch? I don't know. I don't promote it heavily, but it's there. Yeah, it's my yeah. like mine. Mine are my sayings. Like yeah. So it's like yeah. I don't promote it much either. I should like I should have on my shirt right now, but I, I don't. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I know? don't. But but yeah, we should we should have merch. You know, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, I got I have t shirts, hoodies. Caps, skull caps, beanies, baseball caps, the whole nine. But I'm like, why not? I need to throw it on the front page of the website. But it's it's up there, though. Wonderful. That's awesome. That is awesome. And so now I want to get into a bit of like some of the misconceptions. I want to get into some of the misconceptions a lot of these creatives have when it comes to working with people like us. Uh, yeah. Let's see what I got written down here. Um so yeah, so like me, you love to help artists turn their passions into long-term careers. Like, yeah. so what are some of the misconceptions that you see creatives have when they just enter into this space? Like, what what, what do you see some of them? Where do you see a lot of their their misgivings at when they first start? Uh, cloud chasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest ones right now. Um, is chasing the clout, wanting wanting to be verified tomorrow and they have no press, they have no numbers or whatever, right. but they thinking that they can pay for a blue check mark. Um, another one is thinking all this stuff is going to happen overnight, which it doesn't. Right. You know, even some of these celebrities say it took years before we knew who they were. And Absolutely. it really does. Um, a, a big one. Um, it was just at the tip of my tongue. Um, we talked about it a little earlier, thinking everything is for free. Right. And thinking, no, here it is. The big one, though, is thinking that we are magicians. <laughs> <laughs> they think we have right. a hat and can pull this big-ass white rabbit out of it, and we can't. We can't. Like, it this does not work that this way. This is art, man. Nobody, I, nobody can. 
And I was like, oh, man, dude, I paid you. I paid you two grand. And? What's your point? I gave you two grand worth of work. I still. Yeah, like I'm still even, right. Like with publicists, a, a good example, like if we need an analogy, a publicist is a great analogy. Publicists and managers cannot guarantee, or even booking agents, they cannot guarantee you a certain placement. Right. I can't get you, a, a publicist will say, I can't get you in Hip Hop DX or right. on on the Vibe magazine. I can't get you the cover. Uh, a booking agent, I'm, I can't get you uh, House of Blues or something. And even us, we can say that we can't get them certain stuff, but that doesn't mean that we can't try. Right. So what you're paying these people do to do is to pitch you right. and to make the attempt because they have relationships. Like... Right. Perfect Mr. Knowles. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. People think just because I know him, I'm going to take your music and send it to him. No. No. So you're not, well, not going to mess up your relationship Hello. to do that. You Hello. know what I mean? It's exactly. going to take a very special, special person. I wouldn't that, even show, I wouldn't wouldn't show do him it. nothing. Yeah. I Like, you know, like I said, Ken is special. Yeah. I wouldn't show him Ken unless he asked me, hey, Patrice, what you working on? Right. Oh, okay. Now he's open that he gave me the invitation to yes. share with him what I'm working on. Right. But I'm not gonna say, "Hey, how you doing, sir? Hope you're doing well." I saw you did da 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 da. Check out my artist. No. Oh, no, no, no. Now I'm just like everybody else. Right. That approaches him. No. Right. Yeah, right. So it's he's all about a way that you do things in in these relationships. So it's like, yeah, they think because you have. A, a connection or a relationship that you can guarantee a meeting or guarantee certain stuff, and it doesn't work that way. Man, this is this is art. Art is the only thing that's objective about music is the technical side, right? Yeah. Meaning mixing, yeah. mastering, recording. Yeah. Like, yep. So there's an industry standard for that. Yep. Now, once it's done and it's completed, now it's in the marketplace. Yep. It's completely subjective. Completely subjective. You completely know, subject. So. This is why it's only a one percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you this know. is why I don't like people to send me music. Yeah, Look, because I, I may not, I may not like it. I thought about even reviewing music just to, <laughs> you know, and they like some. I see some managers doing that, and I'm like, I could. I said even that couldn't work for me because I'm like, I don't like any and everything that's out here. Yeah, yeah. You know, my personal taste is my personal taste. Right. So it's like me reviewing music would not be beneficial. Now, maybe I'll review music videos or something, but <laughs> to review music, right. I'm the wrong one. Don't send me no music. Let me see what your brand is like. And like, yeah. see what kind of story you're telling. Yeah. What kind of content you putting out that's showing me, that's pulling me into your world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let me see that before I even touch on the music because I may not be rocking with it. Right. No, that's Billie right. Eilish. People love Billie Eilish. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you like uh, okay. you know, <laughs> but but and, I mean, that, and that's I mean, and that's the beautiful thing about art. Like like we don't all have to like the same shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? It doesn't exactly. mean that art's bad. It, look, this generation of music of hip hop, whatever you call it, it's a different generation. Have you noticed? For instance, have you noticed how we're making a much shorter songs now? Yeah. Young kids are making much shorter mm -hmm. songs. Yep. Because here's what they figured out with the Spotify algorithm. Okay, Spotify pays you after 30 seconds of a play, even though that's not really a play. Crazy. Okay, that's crazy. They look, so they figure, okay, it's easier to listen it's for a minute and 50, for a two-minute song or minutes, a song that's a minute and 52 seconds, 
I can probably get you to listen to that twice. Mm-hmm. So that's really the equivalent of listening to a song once and get paid on it twice. Yep. If so anything, they're smarter. They smart. Right. So that's what they, they, they play in the system. Yes, that's what they figured out. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so so this is just a different generation, man. It's a different era of the industry mm-hmm. of the game, you know. And I and I always tell artists, you don't need the music industry to be successful in the music right. business. Yep, yep. Too many people are too many people are chasing the industry. They're chasing mm-hmm. the gimmicks. They're yep. chasing the, the 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 like I said, the clout chasing the gimmick. Just yep. make real shit that's real to you mm-hmm. and find the audience and serve them. And serve them. That's Great all you gotta. That's you the want. only thing you should be focused. Any independent artist, and again, you will not preach the same things. That's why I love love what you do because we preach the same thing. Mm-hmm. I love what you because it's like all we're trying to because there's so many gurus out here. This is what yep. I can't stand to. So many gurus out here that just say, "Oh, make content, run ads." Stop saying that. Yeah, I see twenty people. Oh, you gotta do no. Yep. They need a foundation. Too many, they don't have a foundation yet. And that's Ads, why they can't run content. That's why yes. they can't do content because they don't have a foundation. Add your scale. Like, like <laughs> no disrespect. I'm not going to name names specifically who says it, but it's just like, dude, stop. Like, that's, those are artists who are past, who are past first, first base or even second base. But most of these people need a foundation. Mm-hmm. If all you're telling them to do, oh, they made the content, oh, they're running ads, but it ain't working. Right. You know why they say that though? You know. So that way they can they can pitch them their class or <laughs> pitch, <laughs> pitch them their class or their services to run ads for them. But it's like, all right, that's why I don't, I don't say stuff like that. Yes, put out content, but that's why I'm always talking about your brand. Focus yeah. on your brand first before the marketing because it's like what, yeah. you, what what's your like who what what's the content you're going to create? Right. Well, I, yeah, I speak about brand position. You know, yeah. look, there's three pieces of the brand positioning, right? The community which you want to serve. Yep. Who you are. Mm-hmm. Why should somebody give a shit? Exactly. That's right? it. Once we figure that part out. Yep. Now it's the fan avatar. The, the, I call it the buyer fan persona. Some people call it the yep. fan avatar, yep. character analysis. Yep. But it's, we got to figure out, okay, who are you talking to? Exactly. All right. And yep. literally, we personify them. Who mm-hmm. are you talking to? Because once yep. you know who you're talking to, now we know what type of content we need to make. Exactly. That's it. You got to reverse engineer it. Yeah. And it's you like, so there's not enough people teaching that. Nope. Not there's at all. Too many people saying all you need. And it's just a wrong message because these kids are, they're, they're on it. They're on issue and they're doing what you're telling them to do. And I know that they're not following it. Right. But it's just not working for them because they don't. They haven't even thought about their brand. They don't. But, you know, a lot of them don't even know who they are. Right. Because they're young. Right. <laughs> I know. I didn't know who the hell I was at no 18, 19 years. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, they don't even know who they are. They have an idea. Right. But so it's like, if that's the case, if you don't know who you are, say that. Right. Because you know what? Your fan base could be a whole bunch of other kids mm-hmm. in that age range that don't know who they are either. Mm-hmm. So be I'm all about authentic branding. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. to me, that's the easiest way to create content. Yeah. Yep. Be yourself. Turn the camera on and be yourself. If you're right. having a fucked up day, say that you're having a fucked up day. Right. Because right. you know what? There's some other people that may have a fucked up day, maybe having a fucked exactly. up day. Exactly. You know, I always tell people like <laughs> people these days care more about your shortcomings. Your shortcomings speak way more than 
the finished polished. Music. Exactly. Because people yeah. relate to that more, yep. right? So yep. show that. Right. It's a, again, the old record, the record label era was about finished product, finished mm-hmm. product, polished product, polished product. Mm-hmm. Now it's about no, we want to watch the grind. Yep. You know that, who's perfect at that? Who's, who's perfect? That? Who's perfect? Which is why they're where they're at right now in 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 the industry. Okay. Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Z, who knows what he was doing? He was whole hopping out here in the street, and what she do? <laughs> <laughs> what she do? Solange for one beat his ass on the elevator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all saw that. Yeah, and yeah. then second, okay, here go lemonade. What the hell? Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. So she put her life in the music in a way that showed that all right, she's human. She's a woman too. Right, we can relate to it. Yeah. But at the same time, she didn't give all her business out. And she's she's she, she's brilliant at that. Beyonce man. only see she's and that's that I guess that old school media training too. Yeah, I'm only gonna <laughs> give you what I can give you, right? And I'm going to monetize it. So exactly. yeah, Jay, you fucked around, but we about to make some money off that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That that's brilliant. That's yeah. a that's a good way to balance because now I feel like some people overshare online. Yeah. They do too much. Yeah. She is a perfect example, and that's the thing. A lot of a lot of people don't go back and study how some of these people became who they are. Right. You know? But if we go back and look, see, we we lived it. But if mm-hmm. some of these folks go back and look, mm-hmm. she found a balance. Right. You know, let me give you enough to show you that I'm human and I'm going through some shit, but I ain't gonna show you everything. Exactly. We don't exactly. know who Becky is. Right. She talked about it though. <laughs> we know there's a Becky, but we don't know who Becky is. Right. That the folks today, we know who the mistress is. We know <laughs> they be outside posted up at her house. Yeah. We don't know who Jay-Z was messing around with, yeah. but we know he was. So hey. I, I love that. I love that about her and her whole brand. That's why in my two hour course, I, I talked about that. Yeah. No, I, no, I love that, it. That. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Another thing you're really great at is is brand partnerships. I want to get into that. Like, yeah. So, could you know everybody wants a everybody wants brand alignment, and brand partnerships, but for mm. new artists, that's tough. Yeah, it's tough. So, so for somebody, because to me, there's only two ways to sponsor a partner, right? In kind sponsorship, which is product. And yep. money. Most of the time, but when you do it, they're not going to cut you a check unless they know that reach is going to be exponential to where right. they're going to make the money back. So you've been able to um, lock down some pretty cool sponsorships. I have it written down here. Fashion, fair cosmetics, lugs footwear. Talk to me about, you know, the process of that. You know, don't got to go deep in. I know you get, you get paid mm-hmm. for this. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, don't give the secret yeah. to it. No, 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 no. Man, you got confidentiality agreements too. <laughs> non-disclosures and stuff. Gotcha. But um, no, um, it goes back to what we were saying when it comes to branding. Mm-hmm. Knowing who you are, mm-hmm. you know, knowing who you are and aligning with a brand that share your core values and core mission. Mm-hmm. Or you mm-hmm. have some sort of personal connection with the brand. Mm-hmm. I was able to get lugs because I wore them since high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I remember wearing them in high school. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I sent a out a tweet. <laughs> yeah, like and they still rocking today. So I mm-hmm. sent out a tweet just saying brands. I mean, I just said lugs need to sponsor me all these shoes. Cause I remember I bought like three, four pair on online. I'm like, they need this, they need to do something. And they reached out to me. 
you know? <laughs> and it goes back to what I said before, making sure your stuff is online, because I'm sure they researched and saw who I was. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, let's do something, you know? <laughs> so that was organic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Fashion Fair was another one that was organic. You know, the, the artist... She wore a lot of makeup. Like yeah. that was her thing. She was black. She's her whole style was, you know, uh um rocker slash soulful with a little reggae mixed in. Mm -hmm. But she was pretty, nice skin. She was all about the face, you know, had nice bone structure. And that was her thing. So yeah, it's it's all about, you know, knowing who you are and making sure that brand aligns. Now my one artist that I'm working with now, Mia, she, we want to work with Starbucks because she bought drink Starbucks every day. Right. And we know that they, they do brand partnerships. We know that. We see that all the time. Mm -hmm. Working on that. Um, there's also she loves Vans. That's a brand she so works with. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a brand that she wears all the time. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, a lot of people don't realize. When you pitch these brands, they're going to do their research. Yeah. Like you said, they want to see if they're going to get some return or if there's going to be um, a, a big following enough to, you know, get entice people to buy their product. Right. So you can't just be some new artist that reach out to a brand that you like reaching out to Fila because you like Fila's and you only got like 2000 followers and can't book shows. Yeah. No, Mia has a half a million followers. She was formally signed. She has relationships all over the world. Like we working on travel sponsorships cause she's internationally known. Nice. Um, she's built up to that though. She's yeah. been in the game for 10 years, Yeah. 10 years. So now we can curate her, her, um, her timeline and her content to tell this story now that she's independent, that's going to attract all of these different brands. So I told her, I'm like, you got a book out. She just, you know, the book that was on the billboard, we got to show, I said, you got to put out more content of you sharing these tips in the book. You know, mm -hmm. we got to talk more about how women should boss up their life. We got to post more pictures of you bossing it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and when we start reaching out to some of the travel uh, agencies and whatnot to get some sort of travel sponsorship. I'm like, we need to pull out, you need to go on your photo album <laughs> or whatever and pull out some of these old photos of you traveling, showing that you've been to all these places. Right. You know, so it all depends on what it is that you're trying to attract. You got to make sure that you're set up to attract that to 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 begin with. You know? Absolutely. It's yeah. like dating. Yeah. You know, it's gotta it's make it's gotta make sense and and they have to feel that your brand is authentic, man. Exactly. It can't be a bunch of paid like the only the only real main function of social media is engagement, right? That's so it. the goal I preach this, I'm sure you do as well, is to go, always gotta go to social first. That's where everything starts, and then migrate them from social to the space that you control, which is your website, email list, text list. Right. Do some kind of right. CRM. For me, yeah. CRM of my choice is Superphone. Yeah. For my lesson. So that's what I use. Mm -hmm. And that's how people, that's how I onboard people. Yeah. Real simple. Texterell.com. They leave their phone number. Mm -hmm. That starts my funnel. You yeah. know, I talk about the importance of a funnel. What does a funnel do? And each mm -hmm. parts of the funnel, you have to create value in the funnel. Right. And at some point, yep. artists gotta be cannot be afraid to eventually ask for the money. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. what they don't understand is your supporters want to support you. Right. Right, but you got to you can't be afraid right. to ask 
for the support. Right. That's real. You know, so that's real. So yeah, man, that's that's important. So you're right. So so engagement is important, migrating them from your social accounts to the space that you control. Because yeah. why your supporters invest in the relationship exactly. only. Super fans. Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't that's the how I look at free. it. They can get the music for free. They don't need to right. pay. So when you understand the importance of the relationship build, that's the people who make, who understand and build a supporter base who could make money and make a living off of a small audience. Yep. Not a big audience. When I talk about a big audience, you talk about a right. small audience. You right. don't need to be Taylor Swift. You don't need to be Beyonce. The odds of you doing that, you don't need to be that. Exactly. Get a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand people. Yep. You got to pay a million, a hundred dollars a year. It's a million dollars a year. Yep. Or 10,000 people. So when you think about it, that's doable. Yep. If there's 7 billion people on the planet. Right. I'd say it's going to happen right away. Yeah. But it's doable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So people making some good money out here. And you don't know who, who they are. Making some good money with a small audience. We see it all the time. Like even restaurants, you know, people that own restaurants or small businesses. They're doing well, but they're, right. they're not franchising. They're not McDonald's. Right. But right. they could be doing well in their neighborhood, got a couple locations, and killing the game. Exactly. People you know realize Starbucks was, a, Starbucks was a regional company for 17 years before they- 17. Before, See? I think, believe they started in 1971. Woo! I didn't and know they was regional. public until 1987. Crazy. Right, they're an international brand now, but for a long time, for almost twenty years, mm-hmm. you could only find them in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and now they're a global brand. It's crazy. Everybody can't be Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, yep. but every tech company can't be that. I think yeah. people see people have this 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 notion of if I'm not the biggest in the world, somehow I'm not successful. Mm-hmm. There's riches in niches. Yep. Stop trying to be everything to everybody. That's a major mistake a lot of people make in general. Stop trying to appeal to everybody. Right. I I know who I'm talking to. Independent artists. Yeah. I know who my message is. Build a core audience. Yep. I know my brand voices, right? I talk to I talk about brand voice versus brand equity. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that your brand voice is consistent across all platforms, all social platforms, and then having equity enough in that brand, social proof in that brand that causes people to take action. That's yep. the equity. And eventually with the equity, you can cash in on relationship and resources that ultimately make the journey a lot easier. Right. Right. So, so go ahead. This though. If I was an artist, you lost me. Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs> you lost me as an artist. Yeah, they're like, what does that mean? You're right, right. When I when I teach it to them, they're like, well, brand. Oh. They they don't, but here's here's the thing, and I mentioned this in, in my in my training too. You got that right and left brain. Yeah. That's what we that's what me and you struggle with. Yeah, yeah. The right and the left brain. We could sit here and talk all this brand stuff to them. They just gonna be looking at us like what you talking right. about. <laughs> okay, go well, in one ear and out the other. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. as long as you know, good, we good, we straight. I don't know what it is. They don't care about it. They don't, like, and I'm like, and yeah. If if you for you, if you want to, but what you're doing, I see you reaching out to other managers and other business people that want to work with artists. Yeah, 
and teaching yeah. that to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Second nature for me is like, yeah, I'm postured. I'm like, yeah, here we go. Yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm happy. And <laughs> I had, I had to real, I realized that last year when I rolled out my course, and I was like, yeah, people were saying, yeah, we gonna sign up, we are gonna sign up, but I'm like, this shit going over their heads. They don't yeah. want to do it. They don't want to hear this. And I'm like, I'm getting old. I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm 30, getting old. I'm, I'm thirty. Like, I'm thirty five. I'll be thirty six. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you still young then. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to be forty. Yeah, so. I'm like, I don't want to be dealing with this. Like, I don't want to be talking to people that don't get it, even though we need it. But it's like we have to go back to the need versus want. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it that they want versus what they need? We know what they need, but do they want it? Right. The truth is, they want they want us to they want us to drill the whole form. See, I'm interested in giving you the, your own drill. They really you just talk to want a manager. the whole. You got to talk to an up and coming manager. Yeah, that's and I said if I would and I said this to myself if I wanted to go about it differently and redo a course and offer classes and stuff like that I wouldn't even target art artists. Right. I would target self managed artists. Yeah. Or aspiring artist managers. Right. So they know up front that we're gonna talk business. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's what I would do if I was to do it again because I've it goes in one ear and out the other. A lot of yeah, yeah, a lot of it does. A lot of it does, and and I guess for us it's second nature because yeah, we think about it as oh this is simple shit. Oh this is simple. They, it's simple, and then they're the product too. So it's like <laughs> you want the product to know what's going on. Yeah, the product they don't care. They just yeah. want to be the product. They just want yeah, and, and it's funny because my my friend um, Latasha Black Black Jackson. And she's a song. She's a well. She's a well-known songwriter, and she she believes like you believe. She's a let the artist just let the artist be the artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I, even though I'm the philosophy of man, I want to. I don't want them just being artists. I want them to know everything about their business. But I could also understand where you're coming from. Some of them just want to be the artist. Yeah. Some of them it's still wishes was 1995. Yeah. All they got to go do is make a great record. Yep. <laughs> and that's exactly. And that's why I would want to work closely with them, so I can be that until they mature enough. To where they care about it, yes. About the business, I guess that's where I gotta work. What I gotta work on because exactly yeah, I, I care so much about that aspect of it because I'm not anti-label. I'm just like it just gotta make sense, and I realize that majority of people you're pro entrepreneurship. Yeah, that's just I'm yeah, and that's what I'm pro because uh -huh. I especially because in labels, right? They know how to market commercial shit. Let's say your stuff is non-commercial, right? So Man, how do so you can't go to a major and ask them to promote something that's non-commercial because they don't know how to do that. Right. Exactly. But if you have an entrepreneurial mentality, if they're preaching, you don't necessarily need that major because you are doing something so off the wall, so avant-garde type shit exactly. that you gonna have to figure out how to market the shit yourself because the the powers that be that quote unquote are the big names they don't really know how to do this off the wall type exactly. of exactly. You know stuff that most people ain't gonna just like. You know, it's easy for them to do pop stuff. It's easy for them right. to do stuff that's that's commercially viable because it sells itself. Right. <laughs> you know, all they're doing is just putting resources in play. You're right. Know? So you're right. I hear what you're saying. Yep. That's it. Saying. That's all that they do. You know. So it's like, you know, because otherwise you're just gonna be banging your head up against the wall all the time. And <laughs> right. You know that that's just what I've learned. Because no, it's true. You're right. Yeah, even with Ken, it took him some time 
to grasp what's going on with the business. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like I see it. There's a difference, you know. Yeah. So he's grown over the years to where now I let him know what's going on. But mm -hmm. I was involved so early to where I can protect him in a sense. Mm -hmm. And now that you, okay, I see that you're a little more mature. You get it. Like, you want to know now? All right, now I'm going to tell you. Right. You know, so that's why I'm more so into being hands-on like that. And then I feel like once, once one of our artists blow up, that's when they'll start paying attention. That's yeah. when you know that's for they ask me all the time. Well, who do anybody that we know? They always yeah, ask who me. Who work with? Who you know? Yeah, that's always that's, they always ask me that. Anybody? I say yeah. I work with I work with new artists. You ain't gonna know who they are. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think they, I think because what what the, what the artists are looking for, they're like, okay, I know that name, so he must be. He must know. Yeah. Deal. Even though when I'm teaching, they still need. But mm -hmm. if they know a name, this is what I realized in the in the conference game. Why they get these big names people to go to the conferences because that's how they sell tickets. It's all it's all marketing. Yeah. It's yeah. all a facade, right? Yeah, yeah that's what it's I learned in the conference game. Right? That's why so people somebody may not want may, even though I'm even though I'm qualified to speak at conferences. Same here. Because I don't have the yep. celebrity or yep. main resume that people know. Yep. They're like, oh, this the real pick? Who? Patrice Cooper? Who? Yep. Even though we know what the hell we're talking about. Yep. You know? Mm hmm You don't, it ain't sexy. You don't have the sexy resume. It's not sexy. Exactly. So, That's so the we, game. Yeah. I'm just now, I don't want to say I, I don't, I'm getting it, but I get it. I, I've been new, yeah. but I'm just now coming to a grip. So I'm just now accepting that it yeah. is what it is. And uh. now that I'm accepting that, I feel like one of my biggest regrets was not talking about Mr. Knowles all the time when I was working with him. Yeah. However, though, the other part of me, because I feel like if I did talk about him all the time online, all this other stuff, mm -hmm. and just everywhere that I went, I mm -hmm. feel like I could have gotten more opportunities. Mm -hmm. But flip side of me is that my morals and integrity is more important. Yeah. And I didn't want him to feel like I'm just around to use his He's, name. Exactly. Even exactly. though I'm earning my keep and I'm showing my value, yeah, I don't want to be like everybody else. Right. So I'm just like, eh, all right. So I still, that's still something that I that ba I battle um, internally. But that's what it is at the end of the day. These folks don't know not much more. Right. We, I see it on I see it on you know the United Masters Day conference. Yeah. I watched one of them and I was like, I closed my laptop. I'm like, man, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, one of them said one somebody had asked, and I don't remember who was on it. I ain't gonna say no names. But <laughs> somebody asked, what kind of tools do you use to manage your day to day? Okay. You know me. I'm thinking like you said, Superphone. So I'm thinking Asana. Uh, um um we use zoom uh slack yeah. you know yeah. i'm thinking programs right on yeah. the computer that we use to keep in contact manage stuff google drive and yeah. all the google products and everything this fool gonna say oh yeah make sure you get you yeah you know uh uh for one they stuttered and then he was like uh get you a good get you a good assistant get you a good assistant intern <laughs> You know, and they all once said it, and then all of them said it. And I'm like, y'all niggas didn't answer the question. Right. <laughs> I said, y'all, and, and, and y'all represent who? And these are the people with the names, man. And just like, it's like, and it's like, 
they not really, and they still riding off the shit they did 25 years ago. I'm, yep. Yep. A lot of them don't. They're oh, still riding God. off the coattails of what they did in in two in nineteen ninety eight. In two thousand. Yep. That's a whole nother lifetime. It's a whole lifetime. A whole nother the industry is different now. Nobody cares what you did in two thousand. Yep. You know exactly. those people who work with, those people who working at those labels in two thousand. They not even they not even at them labels no more. Mm-hmm. Them them they. They just like you and I. They're trying to be consultants. Exactly. Okay. They and yep. a lot of them don't even know how the new era work. They don't know. They, they don't, don't know. know. I used to I used to work for this, this, and this, and this, and this. Yeah. So and they try to go off that resume, you know, whatever. So and they still try to get paid off shit they did in 1995. They can, and they can barely operate their own social media. So you yeah. know they don't know about the, the tools that's that's needed and used now. And it, it's just crazy to me that people hire these people just based because they got a bunch of client resume yep. people who they ain't talked to in years yep. and then you're mad when there's no results yeah, here's my thing if you have relationship with these people you should I, i'm big on relationships you should be able to call these people to this if they real relationship not every day but you should be able to get a hold of somebody yeah. if you really need yeah. to okay yeah okay if you say if you mm-hmm. say who you say you are you should have yep. no problem getting a hold of somebody Right, the industry ain't that big. Okay, we're right. not in the it's big industry. The music industry is small. Everybody mm-hmm. know everybody. Okay. Yep. You shouldn't have a problem. One of my mentors, I used to tell him, I said, I won't mention his name. I said, you know all these people, and you can't get a hold of them. Crazy. Like you, you should be able to get a hold of such and such. These are known people. Because yep. the only way you hang around in this game for 20, 30, 40 years is relationships. It's the yep. only way. That's yep. currency. That's it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's just that's 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 you know that's crazy. I want to cover yeah, a couple yeah. more things, then we're gonna get out of here. Yep. Um cool. so you've been able to help artists, you know, sup- get uh, get become supporting actors, some artists like Layla Hathaway, Big Boy, Slum Village, just to name a few. Like what? How should an artist approach that opportunity when they open for a big, a bigger name act? What's the main mm-hmm. goal for them? What should be the main goal? It, it's more than just singing your song. You should have a goal yeah. in mind. The I main goal should be. I, I yeah. know what I, my goal <laughs> be for them, but I'm interested. You know, right, right. The main goal for the artist is to to build awareness. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not necessarily sales or anything, but it's to capture one more fan that you right. didn't have before. Exactly. That's the whole point of it, you know. Right. Um, and because of that, it's good to have certain things in place mm-hmm. because these are some big opportunities. Like mm-hmm. these folks came out to see these bigger acts. Mm-hmm. They ain't come mm-hmm. to see you. Mm-hmm. But if they rock with you, you need to have your merch table together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> once you, you know, once you're allowed, you know, yeah. like, like you gotta ask if you're allowed to have a merch table. Yeah. But have a table, stick around so people can come up to Work you. Work that room, man. Work, Work that room. room, man. Yeah. yeah. Exchange Instagrams or whatever. Have them follow you. Yeah. Better yeah. yet, super phone. You know, get yeah. their get their number. Their number log right. them into your super phone. Uh, your email list, all of that. This is the this is the time to capture that data while you're there because you're at the top of their mind. They just saw you, right? So that's the whole point of you know being an opening act is to you know build the fan base, right? I I, I so I so agree. Yeah, you have fan. to 
You have to, this is more than just singing your songs. You have to go in there with the mentality of how to build and take that opportunity. Cause you only, you might only get 10 minutes. Exactly. Okay. But how in the 10 minutes are you yep. going to impact that room? Because that's exactly. a lot of time. It's really, it's difficult to get on stage to perform original songs for people who don't know you. That's very hard to do. It is. You know, it is. But I, I commend artists that do. I don't like when artists get on stage and perform covers or they only got 10 minutes. Give no. me your original shit. Exactly. I don't want to hear cover songs on a 10-minute set. Yeah. And that's why it's also so important to work on your stage presence and your whole yes. performance. Don't, you know, that's why when it comes to rappers, they just be up there hopping around, had their boys on stage. I ain't for that. Yeah. You know, like with Ken, he comes up there with a, with a live band, backup singers and everything. He come up there like he a singer. Yeah. But he's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, make sure your stage presence is together so that way when you do walk out, you can wow them outside of just the music. Your whole right. goal in your head is to is to outshine the headliner. Right. Like that should be the goal. Like in your head, like mentally, say, I need to put on a show that's gonna outshine the headliner. We all know that you're not going to, but you basically psyching yourself up to put on a good show. Right. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the whole goal. You're exactly right. Is do enough of it because somebody in that room is gonna remember you. Work yeah. that room, right? Get off that stage, humble and humble yourself and don't go get a drink. Don't do none of that. Right. Work that room, shake every hand you can mm-hmm. in a non-COVID situation we're talking about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Shake hands and kiss enough babies as possible because you know, music is a lot like politics. It's very a lot of similarities between mm, running for office and doing becoming an entertainer. You got to sell right. yourself. You got to shake hands. Yeah, like yeah. You got to kiss babies. So I, I totally get yeah. that. And uh, last thing, you as an educator, we talked about this earlier. You being a professor for at, at SAE for three years, and you being awarded the mentor of the year in twenty nineteen. Um, how has being an educator impacted your journey of success and your framework of success? Um, it's impacted my journey basically with how I move. I'm the type, like what you said earlier, how you want to make sure that the artists are informed and they know what's going on. Mm. I'm the same way, you know. Um, it's impacted how I communicate with the artists. Mm-hmm. Um like I try not to use the big words and the big, t- cause they don't care about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't. I try to break stuff down to the, to, to, to layman's terms to where, you know, my eight year old nephew could understand. Like <laughs> I have to talk to him like that. And that's worked for me. You know, that's yeah. certainly worked for me because I think this is why a lot of artists gravitate to me because I'm not one that's going to go online. Even though I got all these letters after my name, I don't, I don't boast and brag about it. I don't show that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, let me get to your level and talk to you. You know, it's kind of like when you think of a child, if you standing up over them and talking to them, they're going to be intimidated, you know, because they're going to be like, oh, my God, this this, my parent. They're going to whoop me. But sometimes with kids, you have to stoop down and get down to their level. You know, sometimes you have to get down and talk to them eye to eye, face to face. And then you're forming a relationship and a bond with them because you're looking at them on their level. Right. I found that when I talk, that's how I had to be because I had 
a lot of like this is this, the school is in Chicago. Oh yeah. All right. Chicago, like we got some tough folks out here yeah. from the streets. And SAE is not like the top school when it comes to entertainment. You have yeah. Columbia. Right. Columbia College is the big school in yeah. Chicago for yeah. um, you know, creatives. Yeah. So those that it's kind of like I don't want to say SAE got the leftovers, but SAE got those who may not have, you know, been may not have come from a certain um, uh, background. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or economic level. Right. You know, but they were talented and had a desire to learn. Right. And because of that, you know, it's kind of like community college. Boom. Because that's the degree that we gave. Yeah, SAE gave associates. They had an associate and certificate program, Mm -hmm. whereas Columbia got bachelors and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. it's it's that level. And I noticed a lot of kids would come there straight from high school. They didn't know what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. They just came here because it looked fun. Mm -hmm. Some of them didn't even have a passion for audio technology or entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, they just there just to be there. Some were lost. Mm-hmm. Some were, you know, had to deal with. They left the school and had to deal with street life. Mm-hmm. So school was an escape for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They would be there all day, all night just to avoid going home. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like you had people there from all walks of life. Right. But you also had kids there that came from affluent neighborhoods mm-hmm. and the, the, the tuition all paid for mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So teaching to me it was more so about connecting with these people right at their level you know i remember i had two gang members in Mm. class they were ready to nut up wow they were ready to nut up like straight up and i'm like for one we ain't doing this in here (laughs) and then two (laughs) not in your classroom we ain't doing that in here you know, we ain't doing that in here. I don't care what y'all do out there, but we ain't doing that in here. Y'all need to respect each other because y'all may have to work together later on. Yeah. Because this industry so small. Yeah. We may have to work together. And you don't mean you have to like them. Right. I said, y'all think I like everybody in this school that I work with? I don't like everybody in here. Right. <laughs> but I have to work with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's kind of like you had to mentor them about life situations. Mm-hmm. So that's what I took away from that journey. And it still carries on today. Like I had, I had a couple students that passed one died to cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was shocking. I had one died from gun violence, like a drive by mm-hmm. ran up on him and he was just so talented. Both of them were so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, they had things going. He was on empire, the TV show. He was doing stuff. Right. And they 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 gun that boy down like that. Like that's crazy. So it's like right. these kids that's in this school was dealing with life. Some didn't even have homes to go to. Right. So I looked at it as, yeah, we got to teach them this program, but we have a chance to impact these kids. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And I'm saying, like, even though it's a college. I'm like they still kids. You still a kid in college, and like oh, yeah. you still a kid. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, so you're 18 years yeah. old. Legal, by legal, or you're an adult, but you're you know you're not an adult. You still a kid. You still a child in the head. Yeah. Yep. So it's <laughs> like I I felt like we had a way to really impact them through the music and through the program and whatnot. So that's why I was awarded that because I was involved. You know, they would have events. I would show up to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like couple of my students um 
they formed a group, a duo. I helped them design their website, helped them brand themselves and mm-hmm. showed up to their show a couple times and helped them name themselves. Like, you know, I was involved because they need that. People from that, you know, kids from that type of environment and whatnot, where they grow up and they don't have anyone, they need that. Mm-hmm. They need that. So I would say that impacted my journey to where that's why I give out so much content. That's why I'm so open and yeah. so willing to do stuff like this. And yeah, even if they too- slide in my DMs, yeah. I'll talk to them a little bit. I'll engage in conversation. Don't be asking nothing crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. But I'll engage. I don't ever see myself getting so big to where I won't engage with people. No, you have to because it's people, man. Yeah. I don't like, you know. There's people at the end of the day. Yeah. I feel like I'm like you. I don't mind giving out free knowledge and free gift. Because at the end of the day, you know, one, we establish trust and value that way. Right. Because they're going to want to work because they're going to want to work with us because we know what we're talking about, you know, and we're consistent. We show up all the time, you know, right. and, and, and yeah. So, yeah. And I'm always, I'm always going to give out free game, man. Because, yeah. Because yeah. we can't be that stingy with it. Yeah. We can't. We can't be, we can't feel like we can't, you know, share knowledge and, and pay it forward, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel you on that, man. Appreciate and then sometimes, so sometimes they just need a quick question answered. Yeah. Just to clear the mud. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. They could be having all of the, the, the hamsters run around in their head. They overthinking stuff. And they just need somebody to just say one little thing to just snap them out of it. Right. You know, yeah. so it's like, yeah, I right. try and, to do that. And it's a difference. When people you can tell people trying to take advantage of you, pick your brain, or they really just want to look. I could look. And it's a little bit too much. Okay, it's a little bit too much now. Right. But if it's a question yep. here or there, yep. I don't mind doing that. But could, you could always tell when somebody <laughs> when somebody is literally trying to get free knowledge out of you yep. they'll, all they'll the time. They will. They will. These are. They will try. They will try to get. That's it. when I send them that hot link. So yeah. So you okay, go. you right. Right. <laughs> right. Go on Calendly. Here go the link. Schedule, pay, and schedule your consultation. Yeah, and and all the day because you asking too much. We can't solve this in no DM. Exactly. Yeah, we. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Well, Patrice, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Oh man, we've been dropped a lot of gems on this episode today. I want to thank you for being my guest. Uh, Where can people find you Uh, if they want to work with you? I'm gonna make sure I put your information in the show notes and. Yeah. That nature, but where can people find you if they're interested? You, know, you can find me everywhere. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. <laughs> I'm on TikTok now. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I created a TikTok account. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet, but yeah. I got it. Um, but yeah, you can find me anywhere uh, by my name, Patrice K. Coakley, or the Baseline Group. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, guys. This has been uh, episode 16. Of the of my podcast, <laughs> the Encouraging Inspire podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and this has been your host, Darrell Peart. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.